Hello and welcome to Underneath the Hat Podcast. I am your host, Cherie Simmons, and I am so excited because I've been on a break for a while for the podcast since March, and I said I will be back with some exciting news, and I am proud to announce that on June 22nd, my second book will drop. The title of the book is It's That Size for a Reason, My Journey Through Infertility. So I decided to allow people who have been in the process with me, who have been affected either personally or just been there as a support system for me, I decided to let them interview me so that you all can get an idea of what to expect once you read the book. So last week I had my husband Vince, and this week I have my sister Twyla and my mother Teresa who will interview me and ask me some questions. I have not seen these questions. I have not heard these questions. So this should be interesting. So I'm going to turn the table over to them. Hello, ladies. Hello, Cherie, Monet. How are you? (laughs) Okay, so I guess I'll go first. All right. Okay, so as your mom, and we've discussed this before, my main concern is the treatments that you've had to um, go through and everything that you've had to endure to try to go through this process. So my question is, how has all of the treatments that you've gone through um, affected your body, if it has? Um, So with the treatments, the first thing that I noticed when I first started was my hair loss. So... I've been known for having long hair, long thick hair, but going through the treatment, I noticed towards the back of my hair, um, what we call the kitchen, towards Mm -hmm. the back of my hair, it was getting short. So it was very short to where it was even hard to curl it at times. So I did notice taking all of the shots, um, my hair started to come out. Uh, Also, hormonally, it did a lot to me when I was in the process of doing a cycle. So I ended up doing three cycles total and I could always tell how my hormones and my mood changed based on taking the medicine. But as far as my body, the only thing that I really noticed was my hair that uh, started to shed more or came out in the back of my head, which I mentioned in my book. Okay. Um, I'll give another question. Okay, so, you know, I think spiritually a lot. (laughs) And I wonder about how God would feel about certain things. And my conversation with you is that, you know, everybody's not meant to do everything. And I know you're doing a lot. So in your quest or your determination, because you are um, determined and have been determined in this process, um, in your determination to have a baby, have you wondered if it's, if this is what God wants you to do? If this was the direction that God um, wanted you to go in? Because, you know, I just believe whatever God wants you to have or be or do, understanding that we have to do some work, mm-hmm. um, I just, just believe that he will make all things possible. Right. 
so I my so my question, you know, to to clarify is just have you thought maybe, well guy, you know, maybe this is not the way. Have you thought about anything on, you know, in that way? Definitely. Every time I got a bad result back, I questioned him. And this was one of Vince's questions. How did I feel after getting bad results? I would question God. So why me? Why am I going through this? This is, this is what you showed me. I, am I doing it the wrong way? Is it supposed to be done another way in order to get what you showed me? So I would always question him and wonder maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I'm moving too fast because it wasn't happening at the time and the way that I felt that it should happen. And like you said, the scripture says faith without works is dead. So I knew that because I was told I was infertile, but I was given options as to what I could do to become a mother, that that was supposed to be the route that I was supposed to take. But mm -hmm. after constantly being told no, I wondered, okay, maybe the, I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe it's not meant for me to have a child at all. So mm -hmm. there, was there were definitely times every time I got a bad, um, a bad diagnosis or we got bad news after going through one of the procedures where I questioned him and said, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to do. But I always try to remind myself that it's, it's not going to always be easy. It right. won't always be easy. There's right. a reason he picked you for this. I mentioned in my book that you were built for this. Mm -hmm. One of my chapters is he um, he knows how much you can bear. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he put me through this lets me know I'm either supposed to end up with a child at the end of this or this is my way of going through it to help someone else end up with a child. So okay. I'm still trying. I, it has changed from what originally I thought it was supposed to be. He is slowly revealing more and more what he wants me to do now. Mm -hmm. But at, at the end of every obstacle that we face and every bit of bad news, I definitely question God. And I sometimes we're told, we're told not to question him. But even Jesus questioned God on the cross when he said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? That's a question. Come on. So, <laughs> Even he, he didn't even know what the full plan was. He knew what God wanted him, what God sent him down there to do. But he didn't understand what he would have to go through down there to get it. Right. So even, okay. God, even Jesus questioned his father. So mm -hmm. when people tell you you shouldn't question him, why not? His son did. And we're all God's children. So not only am I, did I question him, but I then had to sit down and be still and listen to the response that he gave us. So often we question him and don't wait for a response. We assume and come up with our own. So I'm still waiting on him to slow, continue revealing things as to why this is happening. And this is part of his answer for okay. me to be a vessel to help somebody else. Okay. I have another question, but Twilight. Wait a minute. I know that's okay. what I'm saying. You get in there, girl. My question can't speak back. Your question a little bit though. In the very beginning, I understand that women, you know, we kind of go up and she was supposed to be married, have kids, you know. Some women have a desire, other women do not. But 
But being as though your journey is not just been getting pregnant and having a baby like most women do, mm-hmm. what is your burning desire to have a child? Now, I make fun of you all the time and say, why do you want these things? But mm-hmm. seriously, what is it? Is it just because you're, you're a woman and you want to experience it? Is it because you want to leave a legacy? Is it because you just want to be a parent? Like, what is the burning desire behind one of the kids standing so you have to go through so much? What is keep leading you on to this? Um. So at first, I'll be honest, and it's in the book, and it was in my first book, Underneath the Hat, where I talked about at first I did not want kids because I was afraid of the type of parent I would be. And then once that, my mind shifted on that, I really didn't want to jump into having kids in my first marriage so quickly, as quickly as my first, my ex-husband wanted, because I was so career driven. I liked the accolades and the praises that I was getting from being an educator. I was like, I don't want to get this up. People calling my name. They telling me how great I am. So my mm. mindset shifted from when I was a kid and knew I wanted kids into actually being in the spot where it was time to have some. And as I got older, I realized that I was ready to have kids. But by the time I found out, it was in the middle of my marriage, things, my first marriage, things weren't going well. And we were just at a place where God was like, this is not the environment where you need to be having them anyway. But it didn't, it took for me to go through the separation and the divorce to realize that was not the right environment for you. And I actually had a revelation about my ex a couple of days ago. I said, I realized that even if all of the infidelity hadn't happened, and you can read about that in my book underneath the hat. Uh Even if the infidelity hadn't happened, we still wouldn't have been together because I couldn't give him what he wanted. He wanted a child. And it wouldn't have been fair to me to know I couldn't give him that and still be with him. So even if it had not been the other factors that tapped into us leading to our divorce, we probably still wouldn't be together because I couldn't give the man what he wanted. And my mind changed from when I was a kid to actually being in a position to be able to have kids, to being mentally ready to do it. Once I was over all of the obstacles and what I thought I couldn't do because of what happened to me when, and I realized I was ready, I wanted to be a parent because I felt that I had traits or characteristics within me that I wanted to share with my son or my daughter. And like you mentioned the word legacy, I was building a legacy that I wanted to carry on through my children. But then as a teacher, and even as a person walking this earth, we see people who have these legacies and have these dreams for themselves that didn't come to pass, and then they try to push it on their children. Mm -hmm. And that's not what their children want to do. Mm -hmm. And so I'm realizing now that maybe my legacy is not to have a physical child of my own. Maybe my legacy is to be a mentor to these girls. Mm-hmm. And they can continue my legacy through my mentoring program. Mm-hmm. Maybe my legacy is to sow a seed and tell my story mm-hmm. and be a testimony for someone else so that they can have their breakthrough and that can be my legacy. 
-hmm. So going through all of this now and realizing it might not happen the way you want it to. How else can God be using you to create the legacy, which is the reason why you wanted to have kids. And Mm -hmm. I'm starting to realize, and that's in my book too, of how I was, I was worried about the physical birth and he was preparing me for a spiritual birth. Come on. And so a lot of the things that I had been going through throughout this process had nothing to do with a baby in a physical form where it was crying and in my arms, but he was birthing things through me that I had no idea could be considered a child of my own that other people would never be able to experience. So going through this whole journey has helped me to be closer to him and see how he operates. That is not always going to be the way we think it is. Yeah. It could actually be a blessing in disguise uh, wrapped up in a way that we never would have imagined or even thought about. We always hear about God doing different miracles in the Bible and he never used the same things twice. Mm. So God is blessing me in a different way than how he would bless other women. And Mm so it's just changing my mindset and being closer to him to realize that it's, it's going, it's going to happen, just not in the way that you expect it to. Okay. Okay. So that goes to my next question and my last question. Um, what would be the final point? You've been doing this for years. Um, at what point will you just say, okay, it's never happened. At one point, we should be really content, giving up, trying, and just, well, have you made it to that point already? So I've actually made it to that point already. It was after this last one. And I just told God, look, I can't do it anymore. I'm just, it's, it's a lot. And when you read the book, you will see all that I went through to actually have one. And you can even look on my um, podcast, uh, well, my web series on YouTube underneath the hat. And I actually take all of my viewers through the whole month process of going through IVF, where you get to see me giving myself the shots and going to the doctor's appointments. It, It began to be a lot on me, not physically and not even mentally. I think spiritually it was time for me to stop. Spiritually, it was time for me to stop because like my mother said, I'm very determined. When I put my mind to something, I'm going to do it until it's done. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not going to even try to do something if I can't give you 110%. And I think spiritually, it was time for me to stop. Mentally, I, I could have kept going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. May I say this? Um, everything is not always from God. Yeah. You know, we, we, we get in our mindset and our determination state and, and the things that we think that we want to happen. And it seems like things are going well toward that goal and we're moving forward. And then all of a sudden it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is not always from God. You know, um, you have uh, people in your family who's never had children. Matter of fact, great, great aunt who was a teacher, just like you are, just like you're a teacher. And she never had kids. She, but she, you know, worked in Chinatown, Mm -hmm. you know, and those were her babies. 
you know, I never know if she ever learned how to speak Chinese or whatever. But nonetheless, she worked in Chinatown. African-American woman working in Chinatown, teaching these children and inviting them to her home. And so that was her legacy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so when I come to you as your mom, my concern is everything is not always from God. We, we condition ourselves and our state of mind to think that it is, but sometimes it's not. It, it sometimes things take us off the path that God wants us to be on. Now I would love to have me a granddaughter. Yes, I would. So I can spoil her and all of that different kind of thing. But you know, I'm at the point now where, well, maybe God, that's not what you want, you know, not only for Sheree, but even for the family at this time. Maybe that's not, and then maybe the way it's going, that you're going about it may not be, as I think I told you, just relax. If God wants you to have mm-hmm. my granddaughter, then you're going to have my granddaughter. Um, and it's not going to take all of this. You know, I know it works for some people. And so for some people, it does not. Um, and this is a, a one last question, Sheree. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, because I know you know some people that were doing this and have gone through and they've, you know, it took years or whatever, but eventually they've had children. Yeah. Do you think they had anything to do with your being determined where it worked for them. So, you know, it was going to work for me too. Uh, no, because, um, I only had one person that I actually knew that had gone through, um, the process before I started. Mm. I didn't start finding out about more people within my circle that mm-hmm. was suffering through it until I had gone through it a few times. Okay. So going based on that one person and knowing how many times she had gone through it before she was blessed with her twins, it, that wasn't my factor. Cause one thing about me, I'm a realist and I know that just because it happens for you doesn't mean it's going to happen mm-hmm. for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so, but she was definitely a, um, a listening ear and a shoulder to cry on and someone I can go to and ask questions because I knew that she went through it. This is another reason why I wanted to get this book out. Now, you and my sister both know I don't talk a lot. I can sit in the back, be by myself, and be fine. Yeah, like your mother. Sharing my story and telling my story. I know it's nobody but God because it's something I don't really want to do. Like, I'm okay. I'm fine. But I'm realizing after having these conversations with people and sharing my story, that more people are willing to open up and share theirs. Mm -hmm. And I always believe that one person's testimony is another person's breakthrough. Mm -hmm. So because I share my story or someone shared their story with me, it helped me to realize I wasn't by myself, which made the journey a little bit easier to go through. So I didn't use the person that I knew of at the time who had gone through it and had been successful after multiple tries, then as my way, as my goal, I used her as a person that I could talk to and it helped me realize I wasn't by myself. Mm-hmm. You're not by yourself. So that's what's pushing me to continue to tell my story. And so many people have told me, you're my shero. Mm-hmm. 
you look up to me like people I talk to all the time. Somebody told me that this morning. She's like, I, I never would have thought that you would be where you are right now. But the fact that you can sit here and take your low moments and help somebody else says a lot about you. And so I know that that's nobody but God pushing me into a position that I didn't even know I was qualified for mm. until I started going through these things and started sharing it. So that could be my legacy of mm. me sharing my story of how I wasn't able to be a mother the natural way, which can help other women who feel like they're going through this by themselves, letting them know that, that you're not alone. Mm hmm Okay. Uh, Twala, did you have another question? No. Okay. Well, I want to thank my mother, Teresa, and my sister, Twala, for interviewing me. Those were some good questions, ladies. Well, thank you. And I dig deeper into everything that they actually brought up in my book. It's That Size for a Reason, My Journey Through Infertility. It will be available June 22nd on Amazon. And Kindle, Books a Million, Barnes and Nobles. So please check out my podcast underneath the hat. Please share this with everyone. I will continue every week to be interviewed by different people who know me and have been with me throughout this entire process. Thank you all so much for listening. And this is Underneath the Hat. And I will talk to you next week.